0: Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. Magnify your holy name. We appreciate you for your love. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your faithfulness. We exhort you, God, for life. We exhort you, God, for provisions. We magnify your name even at this moment. The word is life and spirit. We therefore demand the mind, Holy Spirit of God that you instruct us from your word. Grant us insight and revelation into that Lord which you have for us tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, we're going to be dealing with, uh, We continue with the language, biblical language in Numbers, and uh, we're going to be dealing with number, actually we're dealing with number 40, but I decided to bring in number 33, which I feel is very significant because we mentioned about Jesus last week, and then uh, we know that he went into ministry, and even that of John the Baptist at the age of 30, which was the fulfillment of what you find in the book of Numbers, book of Leviticus. How that no priest could enter into the ministry unless he attained the age of 30 and above. And we didn't mention that Jesus had to wait, uh, even though he started his ministry at the age of 12, but he has to wait till when he gets to the age of 30, which was what was stipulated by the law before he started public ministry. So, what he started at the age of 30 was public ministry, but that's not when he started ministry. Praise the living God. And so, we find again that he died at the age of 33. So, what is the significance of that? I, I felt I have to touch 33 before I move on to other numbers. And so, I'm going to be dealing with 33 and then 40. 33 and then 40. So, first of all, 33. Uh, when you read in Genesis chapter 1, when the Bible says, God. Creator, the heaven and the earth. Genesis chapter 1. The word God is Elohim. The word God is Elohim. There's the name of God there. The divine name of God is Elohim. If you check it from the strong concordance, which has to do with number three, I mean 430. That word Elohim... Is seen 33 times in the book of Genesis. That word or that name of God alone is seen 33 times in the book of Genesis in the creation story. And that's very significant. Praise the Lord. So we have alone to be 33 times as used in the book of Genesis in the creation story. And then, when you look at the numerical value of the word Amen. The numerical value of the word Amen is 33. The numerical value of the word Amen is 33. You know? And this is also very, very important. And then, when you look at the If you look at the, uh, what do you call it? The Israeli flag. If you look at the flag of Israel. You are going to see what is called the Star of David. The Star of David or the Majin of David. Now the Star of David also. The numerical value of the Star of David is 33. This symbol of the, the Star of David that you find in the Israeli flag is also found in places as, like I said, the modern flag of Israel and cemeteries of the Jews to signify Jewish burials. You also find it there. And like I said, that, that thing is 33. Now, if you take time to read the book of Genesis 28, 10 to 12, and then 16 to 22, you find out the name of Jacob. Appears thirty-three times in the scriptures, and then in that Genesis twenty-eight was when he promised to give one tenth to God of all the blessings that the Lord would give to him when he saw the heavens open and the ladder ascending and descending. I mean, angels ascending and descending upon the ladder and you find uh, like i explained some time ago in John chapter 1 we begin to see that that ladder that was seen by Jacob where angels were ascending and descending was Jesus Christ amen and that is very significant because the way to the father is the way to God and again we will find that Jacob named the place Bethel. Remember that? It was formerly called Luz. And then he anointed the stone and he turned the name to Bethel. And Bethel means the house of God. And so what he was trying to say, was, I didn't know that this is the house of God. And so, help me now. And so you see, when Jesus spoke to Nathaniel in John chapter 1, because he told him it was another a fake tree that you're going to see angels ascending or descending upon the Son of Man. What he meant to say was, I'm the house of God. I'm the way to the Father. If you see me, you see the Father. Now, angel ascending and descending, it's not talking about literal angels. At the end of the day, you find that they're talking about our lives. We, walking through Christ into God and coming out of Christ, as a matter of fact, we ascend the heaven, bring your down mind from the heaven and do the will of God on the earth. That's the ascending and descending. It's not talking about literal angels ascending upon Jesus Christ, but we having access through Jesus into God's presence and coming out and manifesting the presence of God or the life of God or heavenly realities upon the face of the earth. That's what it means by angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. It's not talking about angels with wings Stuff like that. That's not what he's dealing with. So, the name Jacob appeared 33 times in the scriptures. Amen? Hallelujah. Now, if you begin to take time to read from, in the book of Luke chapter 3, 31 to 38. If you stand the account from Adam, that is to say, if you read from, Verse 38, which is the last verse, you read up, if you want. <laughs> That's the way it's supposed to go. But now, from Adam to David, after the three people. So, if we start reading from here, I say, which was the son of Enos, which was the son of Seth, which was the son of Adam, which was the son of God. If you take it from Adam up, and when you get to David, you have 33 people. Now, this is very important, as we are going to see how powerful 33 signs for signifies. So, let's read from verse 31. Let's read from verse 31. Luke 3, 31. It said, which was the son of Melai, which was the son of Menai, which was the son of Metathar, which was the son of... Nathan, which was the son of David, right? The next thing, which was the son of Jesse, which was the son of Obed, which was the son of Boaz, or Boaz, which was the son of Simon, which was the son of Nathan, and then the next which was the son of Aminadab, which was the son of Aram, which was the son of Eshran, which was the son of Perez, which was the son of Judah. And then, which was the son of Jacob, which was the son of Isaac, which was the son of Abraham, which was the son of Terah, which was the son of Nahor. And then, which was the son of Saruk, which was the son of Ragun, which was the son of phalek which was the son of Heba, which was the son of Salah. And then the next scene, Which was the son of Kim, which was the son of Aphazad, which was the son of Sam which was the son of Noah, which was the son of Lamech? 37 says, which was the son of Methuselah, which was the son of Enoch, which was the son of Jared, which was the son of Melalek? which was the son of Canaan, And then, which was the son of Enos, which was the son of Seth, which was the son of Adam, which was the son of God. So if you go all of those things, you get 33 people mentioned from David or from from Adam to David. 33 names were mentioned. Now I'm saying it because it's very significant as we progress. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, if you look at Genesis chapter 21, verse number 1 and 2. The Bible says, and the Lord visited Sarah. Praise the Lord. The Lord visited Sarah as he has said, and the Lord did unto Sarah as he has spoken. For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age, at the same time of which God has spoken to him. This is the 33rd times the name Abraham was mentioned. When Abraham's name was mentioned the 33rd time or 33 times, he gave birth to Isaac. And so you find that something often happens when you come to 33. And very, very important, you're going to see that. As I study this figure or this name, I find that it's actually speaking about reigning and dominion and authority, a new birth. Let's move on. So here we find that Abraham was mentioned the 33rd times and he gave birth to Isaac. I remember Isaac was a type of Christ. Praise the Lord. Amen. Alright. Again, we find that Timothy became the friend of Paul at the age of 33. At the age of 33, he became the friend of Paul. You know, his best friend, his traveling companion most trusted and closest friend you know that labor with him in the gospel he came to that season of becoming the best friend of Paul at the age of 33 now I want you to begin to see the significance of these things Isaac was born when the name Abraham was mentioned 33 times like you're going to say, Jesus fulfilled his ministry, died at the age of 33. Right? You begin to see great significance in this. So, let's just move on. You know, David ruled two tribes in Hebron. Remember? I mean, he ruled two tribes in Hebron. And then. I'm mean, sorry. He, he, he was ruling Judah after the death of Saul, right? And he reigned for seven years. And half years he ruled Israel. This does the, the, the whole tribes coming together now. The ten tribes and the two tribes, when they came together, he reigned for thirty three years. So sometimes when you begin to read the scripture, the question is why is thirty three featuring? in these significant uh, events in the life of prominent fe- uh, fellows or figures or names in the bible why is 33 you know featuring praise the lord so david ruled for 33 years after reigned reigned seven years but when the two tribes came together become one nation and he defeated the jebusite and then he had now had jerusalem as his capital that's why he called jerusalem the city of david that's when he came together. He came the Lord of David, but that was after he has reigned seven years with, I mean, just the two tribes, which are the tribe of Judah. Now, right, he had to rule 33 years in only the two nations or the two kingdoms together in Jerusalem. 33 years. Praise the Lord. Now, Jesus died at the age of 33. That we all know. And then this is where I was really struck with this revelation. He died at the age of 33. So, what happened when he died at the age of 33? Something significant happened. Now, let's not forget this part. David had to rule 33 years, right? Good. Very important. Isaac was born when the name Abraham was mentioned 33 times, right? The name Jacob was mentioned 33 times. He saw the house of God. And now, scripture even say now, your name is Israel. For now in now have power with God. That's a place of dominion. It's a place of rulership. So Jesus died at the age of 23. So what happened? Let's go to Acts chapter 2, verse 22. Reading from verse 22. For me, this is very, very significant. Very, very important. In relation to number 33. Remember, after his death, he walked there for 40 days, right? We're going to see that. And on the 50th day, the Holy Spirit came down. So let's see the interpretation that. Okay, first of all, before we read this, let's go to 1 Samuel. Uh, is it Second Samuel now? Chapter 7, verse number 12. Just let me see. Second Samuel chapter 7 verse number 12. Right. This is important. Listen. And when the days are fulfilled, and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers. Now, Samuel was speaking to David. I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of the bowels, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build an house of my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Now, this is not talking about Solomon. Because the throne of Solomon is not forever. <laughs> Are you there with me? Yeah. He, he said, he shall build me a house, my name. And I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Now we know that Solomon's kingdom ended, right? Good. So it's not talking about King Solomon. It's not dealing with King Solomon at all. So I need you to get this. Okay. So now, let's go to Acts chapter 2. But I need you to keep this. Uh, in view, I just want you to get this very important, Acts chapter 2 now let's begin to read from verse 22 I'm trying to make you see how 33 is connected to the resurrection of Jesus Christ and how that it brought to the fulfillment of that particular promise in Second Samuel chapter 7 verse 12 and 13 so ye yeah, men of Israel this is after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is that ok? right Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, the man, approve of God among you by the miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you. ye yourself, help me Lord. ye yourself, no. Verse 23, He being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. You have taken by weakened hands, crucified and slain. Now you get that right again. The people could not have killed Jesus except it was determined by God that he should be killed. It was not outside of the knowledge of God that Jesus was killed. The full knowledge of God. So, it's like saying Jesus was delivered by God, told the Jews to kill him. That is why in 1 Corinthians you read, Scripture say, If the priests of this world had known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. The princess of this world is not talking about the devil, he's talking about the priesthood, which has to do with the priestly uh, officiating of Israel, the Pharisees, the scribes. That's what referred to the prince of this world. He wasn't talking about the devil. Amen. When he said the princes of this world have known they will not have killed the Lord of glory, while dealing with the Jewish priesthood, not the devil. Now by the determinate counsel of God and the foreknowledge of God, he was delivered to the Jews that they might crucify him. And they never knew God was doing this behind the scene. They never knew what was going to come out of that which they were doing. But you see, the killing of Jesus actually brought him to the place of glory. Let's look at it. Verse 24. Whom God has raised up, having those the pangs of death because it was not possible that he should be holding of faith, for David speaking concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand, that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad, moreover also my flesh shall rest in hope. Because I will not leave my soul in hell, neither I will ask for the Holy One to see corruption. Now he's talking about Jesus. Right? Then he said, Thou art made known to me the ways of life, thou shalt make... Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy with countenance. Men are brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that is both dead and buried, and his sepulchre is he throws unto this day. Therefore, So now, here is the argument. The whole of that psalm have nothing to do with David as a person. Right? Because the scripture said that we not suffer the holy one to see corruption. Now David, as it were, saw corruption. So he wasn't talking about himself. He was speaking about Christ. Who never saw corruption. So verse 13 now says, Therefore, being a prophet, there's a key point, knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him, that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, raise up Christ. So now what we read in 2nd Samuel chapter 7 verse 12 and 13 was talking about Christ. Did you see that? Good. So now, take it again. Therefore being a prophet and knowing that he has sworn on with an oath to him, that of the fruit of his loin according to the flesh, he will raise up Christ to sit on his throne. Whose throne? The throne of David. Praise the Lord. Verse thirty-one. He's seen this before. Speak of what? The resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell. Now I flesh This is corruption. Praise God. Did Jesus had God raised up? Wherefore we are all witnesses. Glory to God. So you find that the question is. When did Jesus... Okay, Who was promised to Jesus in 2nd... I mean to, to David, 2nd Samuel, that was Jesus. When did he sit on his throne? He sat on the throne after resurrection. So, you are not actually supposed to be waiting for Jesus to come back to sit on his throne in Israel. Peter said... Right at this hour that I'm talking to you. By reason of the resurrection. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is sitting on the throne of David. At the right hand of God. Did you get that? So now when he comes back again. That's where the church is missing it. He's not sitting on the throne when he comes back. He's already sitting on the throne. In the kingdom of his father. As promised by Samuel. Unto David. Did you see that? So what then is 33 speaking about? Remember, he died at 33. So he ascended the throne at 33. You got the implication of what I'm saying. Are we together? Right. He died at 33, and what's the next thing? He ascended the throne on, on by the age of 33. Meaning the true sense, if thirty three is speaking of what? Dominion, rulership, and the conquering spirit. This is the most significant thing that I have to pick from number thirty three. Speaking of what? Dominion? Rulership. And a conquering spirit. Are you done with me? Praise the Lord. So therefore, if the Lord begins to speak to you and give you numbers that relate to 33, what do you think the Lord is telling you? Remember, when Abraham's name was mentioned the 33rd times, Isaac was given back to. The name Jacob appeared 33 times and he had dominion with God as he wrestled with God. He moved from just being Jacob to Israel. And now here we'll find that when Jesus finished his ministry at 33, he ascended the throne to fulfill a prophecy that was given to David. That to me means quite a lot. Indicating to me that when God begins to talk to you and giving you the figure 33, then the Lord is telling you or trying to make you see that you are about ascending to the place of dominion, authority, and a conquering spirit. But David, after he defeated the Jebusites, he ruled Israel for 33 years. That was a conquering spirit, and bringing him to the place of dominion and authority. Jesus died 33 years. He conquered death. So it's a conquering spirit. Amen. Abraham mentioned 33 times as he was born. He conquered barrenness and impotency at that age. I needed to pick that because it's very important. That's why I felt I have to pick this number and deal with it. So what happened to Abraham? He conquered the spirit of barrenness when the name was mentioned in 33 times as was born. And now David had to conquer the Jebusites and became the king that was ruling from Jerusalem. Having the tribes under him. Praise the living God. I want you to catch this. And I keep saying this. Don't just take these things as if it's another exercise of just coming together. But begin to walk, and as you pray, as you seek the face of God, as you grow in your journey with God, you begin to understand certain things that God will be speaking to you. I've always emphasized this fact, being in church is for one reason, that you may grow unto the stature of the measure of Christ. So that it means if God begins to give you this figure he's intending you to get ready for ascension into a higher place and he's equipping you with authority and dominion to bring to naught some of the things that are hindrances to you. You know, we have all of the, for instance, all of the enemies that were in the promised land, right, that they need to conquer. We also have enemies within us, because the promised land is actually possessing the body, which he has actually done. So if God is beginning to show you 33, At that moment, he's equipping you to conquer all of the spirits that are warring against your ascension into the throne. For me, it becomes a promise of victory. It becomes a promise of a conquering spirit. It becomes a promise of dominion and authority. Meaning, you are just about beginning to overcome all of the things that are oppressing you. Hallelujah. Are you getting me? Yeah, I want you to care it because it's very important. In the course of my study of this thing, a lot of things were just going through my mind. I just wish that the Lord would come through for you to begin to reveal to you who you are. When he begins to show you some of these numbers. To enable you to walk. For scripture says, as are led by the spirit of God. They are the sons of God. That in your prayers, you may know what to pray about. That you may know the season that you have come into in your walk with God. Because he begins to show you 33. And just like x the life of Jesus... Don't forget this. At 33, similarly he died, but his death was to produce his victory. Victory over death, victory over hell, victory over the grave. Is that okay? Right. And then he got out of that within the same space of 33 years. He became the one that was promised. Unto David, your seat on his throne. Are you done with me? So, 33 brings you to the place of fulfillment. Help me now. Of some promises that God had made to you. Amen. Because now Jesus came into the fulfillment of that promise. That promise was fulfilled when he was 33 years old. So when you begin to receive this number, God is saying so many things to you. Now you are about to overcome. Now you are receiving a conquering spirit. Now you are to sit on the throne, place of authority that I've ordained for you. Now the promises are made to you, I about be fulfilled. Remember, promise was made to Abraham, and it was only coming to pass when his name was mentioned thirty three times. You see how significant this number is? Praise the living God. So some of the promises that God has made to you, when he begins to give you number 33, just get ready to understand that God is about to fulfill those promises. And when you have that understanding in you, your work changes. Your attitude changes. Because you are entering into a new season of your life. You're entering a new walk with God. Your past is gone. A new day is dawning. Praise the living God. Are we here? You see, when Abraham gave back to Isaac, he had a child that would become the heir. Eleazar, I mean, he was telling the In fact, he was speaking to God and said, This Eliezer is my heir, who is supposed to be my servant. I have no child. Remember that. And God said, no, you're going to have a child. Meaning, Isaac become the heir to the throne of Abraham, if you will. And so what happened? When Jesus died at the age of 33, you find that he fulfilled the son of David as an heir to the throne. So territory speaks of airship. Oh come on. It speaks of authority. It speaks of dominion. It speaks of you walking into your inheritance. Help me God. (laughs) Glory to God. Mm. Abraham got all the promises. David got his promise fulfilled. When Jesus got to 33 years old. I see you coming into some place in your life that ordinarily you were not expecting, but the promises are then the spirit. You're walking into it. I think God is not sharing this with you by accident, but the new season has done it for you. This is not by chance it's not by chance something is about to happen you're moving into a new walk a new season you come into the place of your inheritance in God it's not just about Bible study this is prophetic for me hallelujah are you catching what I'm saying? Very significant. If I, while I was studying it, it was difficult for me to move out of it because I keep on seeing things unfolding. And as that spirit of revelation hits you, you begin to see a lot of things from the things I've mentioned. That when Abraham got to this season, barrenness was broken. When Jesus got to this season, the promise that was given to David was fulfilled. And for that spirit, oh come on now. It means for you to have some prophecy fulfilled, everything that was holding you captive, we have to give way. For Abraham barrenness gave way. For Jesus death gave way that means resurrection power is coming into your life that will enable you to ascend to the place of authority and victory bowdiness died resurrection came forth life came back to Abraham and he had Isaac so when resurrection life begins to flow through you all of the promises of God are coming to pass in your life hallelujah are you with me I needed to understand this figure. is so vitally important because I said I was looking at it. Why would Jesus die at the age of 33? What is significant about that number? <laughs> and the Lord began to cause me to see some of these things that I'm saying now. It's so important. More especially when David, I mean, Peter began to speak about all that David said, all the promises. All down through from Second Samuel seven twelve, when when Peter begin to share all of these things, so much begin to come to my mind. That you come to a time in your walking life as a child of God that He has called you, made promises to you. I want to make you understand this. If any promise you have ever received from God, any promise God has, they will all come to pass. I cannot have this. (laughs) Sometimes this could be this could be dangerous to say, but I'm trying to say you can't stop the promise of God from coming to pass in your life. You are not going to be able to stop it. Because that will make God a liar. So all you need to do is position yourself where you can hear God. That's why your services to Him should not be religiously you know, carried out it, it must be in a place of relationship like Abraham will say I'm serving you but this is a laser from Damascus or wherever is the air and God said no you're serving me, it's not in vain something is about to happen, you're going to have a child right and that promise was enough for Abraham to keep on going. The Bible says he caused not himself to be dead. Why? Because of that promise. So sometimes when God speaks words into your life, that word alone takes you on. And guess what? He can use people to speak those same words into your life. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's go to number 40. Remaining minutes. Did you pick anything from that? <laughs> you go back and meditate on it. Now you understand when Jesus died at the age of 33, how powerful and significant this could be in your meditation. You should be singing some praises if God begins to show you in over 33. If you have a dream and He gives you number 33, you wake up and you be singing some praises. Because you know things are about to happen. You know all the promises are just getting fulfilled. You know resurrection power is coming to you. You know you're moving to the place of authority, dominion. You know the conquering spirit has just been released in your life. Such a powerful number. Praise the Lord. Number 40. Thank you, Father. Number 40 is mentioned 146 times in the scriptures. 146 times is mentioned in the Bible. I'm going to give you some passages where it is mentioned. But... Number 30 stands for a period of testing, trial, or probation. Probation is like a waiting period before you get to the realization of the promises. Israel had, if I may use the word, a 40 year probation and a wilderness. You understand that? It speaks of trial, testing, approbation. probation. Hallelujah. Number 40. You see, Moses lived 40 years in Egypt. And then again, he got 40 years. Oh, thank you, Lord. In the wilderness. Right? Are you done with me? Leading the people, then he lived another 40 years and he got 120. So you see, when you read Psalm 90, when you begin to say, man's years are 70 perhaps. he he gets 120. He wasn't saying, Can we get there? Psalm 90. Let me show you something. Psalm 90. Lord, that have been our dwelling place in all generations. This is very significant. If you are in the dwelling place, I mean, if God becomes your dwelling place, then you don't expect to die. (laughs) I don't know if you understand what I said there. Before the fountains, oh, come on, I love this. We have been in God before the mountains were brought forth, before anything came into creation. We have been with God. He was our dwelling place. He was our home. Before the mountains were brought forth, however that have formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting. Can you read this? Before any of these things came into being, we've been living in you. Now you understand why he asked, Oh now. Why ask Job the question in Job twenty eight? Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? You were together with me. You should understand better what is going on. This tells you that the word Elohim does mention 33 times in Genesis chapter one spoke of a family. It's a generic name. You see, when you mention Ogaga, you are not just talking about me. Are you dog with me? You're talking about my children, my grandchildren, my wife, everybody. That's Ogaga. If you want to talk about me, you are David to it. The word Elohim means a family name. And so we were all together with him. We were, it was a family that said, let there be. So what God is saying is, when I was forming the earth, you were there with me. Even when I said, let there be light, you were there with me as my son. You heard me say, Job, why are you confused? Because of what is going on. That's why sometimes I will say, your new birth is just a remembrance of your past. To know where you came from. That's what it means to be born again. You're just connecting back to who you were. So you see this. Before the foundation. Go back again to verse one. Powerful. I'm showing you something. In connection to. Lord. That being our dwelling place in all generations. You have been. What's the next thing? Before the foundation, I mean the mountains were brought forth. Or even that has formed the earth and the world. Even from everlasting to everlasting. That are God. That turneth man to destruction and say, I return ye children of men. Did you get that? You turn man to destruction. The man that will been with you. You brought into a lower realm. That's why you see, in Genesis 1... He said, let us make man our image of our likeness. Let it have dominion. In Genesis 2, 7, God formed man of the dust. That is the turning down. Genesis 1 is a spirit man. Genesis 2 is the falling man. Listen, without Genesis 2, there will be no fall in the garden. And if there was no fall, there will be no need for Jesus to come. But Christ was slain before the foundation of the world. So how will the man of Genesis 1 come to destruction? You turn man to destruction. How did God do that? He formed man of the dust of the ground. Very simple. And then you say, return. Oh, glory. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's why there's hope or redemption for each and every one of you that you get back to where you came from. Look at verse number four. For a thousand years in the sight, I bought a yesterday, and when it is past, and I say, watch in the night, that carries them away as with a the flood. They are sheep on the morning. They are like grass which grew up. In the morning it flourishes and groweth up. In the evening it is called down a withered, Describing man now. For we are consumed by the anger and by the wrath are we troubled. Thou hast set our iniquities before thee and our sacred sins in the light of thy countenance. For all our days are passed away in the wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. The days of our years are three score. Look at it now and 10, that is 70. And if by reason of strength, there be four score years, yet is there strength labor and sorrow for it is soon called off and will fly away. Praise the living God. Who knew where the power of the anger even according to the fear so is our Now what I wanted to show you there is this. When Moses or David wrote this, it was not because you see, when you move out of Psalm 90, what do you find in Psalm 91? He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So here it's describing what man is became then some ninety. when talking about the man has gone back into where he came from did you get that so when david i mean Moses, actually talk about man shall live for 120 or as the case may be if you begin to read down he's only talking about moses years that he spent 40 years in egypt 40 years in the wilderness 40 years when I get done. Are oh, you getting what I'm saying now? That gets you 120. God describing himself. He's not talking, God is not saying that you have to live 120 and die. He's not saying that. David, I mean, Moses was describing his journey in God. Praise the living God. Are you still there with me? So Moses spent 40 years in Egypt, 40 years in the wilderness. And then, he moved on. You know, the first 40 years was when he had to bring the children of Israel. In the wilderness, I mean, the first 40 years in Egypt, another 40 years with Jethro's sheep, 40 years on the wilderness, the children of Israel, I guess you 120. Did you see that? Praise the Lord. So, 120 is not saying man will try and live 120. No, That is not it in the true sense of it. And somebody said, but Pastor, who has ever lived beyond 120?" And so? If you check the record of the Bible, we have men that live. all of them were dying at age of 900, 600, 700. I mean if you remember that. they were human beings. How are they living that? Now, this is the point. Man, assuming this is a plateau, this is Eden, and then man see, he begin to drop down. Right? To the point now, the more you see, there was so much light and life here, so when he begin to go down, the light is I mean the light, the life is diminishing. It's going down as they get to the base now people begin to die as early as possible but now Jesus came scripture says in Ephesians 4 he that ascended his feet now all descended so what happened he first descended before what he ascended so when he descended he partook of our nature and when he's ascending he's taking us up again from the realm that we have gotten. So now, that shows us that life is going to be appreciated in years for all of us who believe in the Lord. When you were dying because of sin, you were gradually going down. You were dropping. Your years were decreasing by reason of sin. Those who are the, the very beginning, they had so much life in them. And they were going down as man begin to fall. That honest man to destruction. Are you getting that? Life was going away, we losing life until we come to the lowest level. And when Jesus came, he came down to where we are and began to take us up. That's why you see scripture is saying that sight a thousand years it bought like what? Nothing. So the point is this. We are rising again That is to say Life is coming back to us So it's not just about 120 We don't know how long It's going to be Amen So God is progressing He's doing some things and That we have not even been able to see And the Bible talks about this Normally I have not even entered the heart of man What God have prepared for them That love him Praise the Lord. And in the light I prophesy to your bodies. That life will permeate your bodies. In the name of Jesus. How many of you understand that. Adam in the true sense according to the book of Timothy. Was not in the transgression. Why? Because he was a light being. You see, Adam was not in the transgression but Eve was. why because in book of John chapter 1 the Bible said the light shine on the darkness and the darkness cannot comprehend it. what it means to say it, darkness or devil cannot overcome the light that Adam had and I've explained to you before the next Christian are going to ask me is okay why did Adam die? Because Adam willingly followed the woman. He would not want the woman alone to leave the garden. The flesh of my flesh and the bones of my bones. So he identified with the wife to die. To fulfill the book of Ephesians chapter 5. This is the mystery of the husband and wife. If Adam have not died for for Eve... To produce resurrection, if you will. Jesus will not die for the church. Hallelujah. So there is life for you. Resurrection life will walk in your mortal bodies. Sicknesses will disappear from your mortal bodies. Healing will be taking place in your mortal bodies. For if the spirit that raised up Christ from the grave... Dwells in you, he shall quicken, revitalize, vivify your mortal bodies. Are you still there? Remember, I'm dealing with number 40. I'm trying to make you understand that man was not supposed to die at the age of 20. I mean, 120. That was just talking about the life of Moses, 40 years in Egypt. 40 years taking the uh, taking care of Jethro's sheep and their 40 years on the wilderness. That gives you 120. Praise the Lord. Okay. So, the spies, I mean spies that were sent to spy out the land. The book of Numbers 13, 25, 14, 34. Let's look at Numbers I say, and we return from searching of the land afterward forty days. They spent forty days to search out the land. Amen. Forty days to search out the land. You can look at chapter fourteen, verse thirty-four as well. Fourteen thirty-four, numbers. After a number of the days in which they searched the land, even forty days. It day for a year shall ye bear the iniquities even forty years and he shall know my breach of promise did you get that because they were not believing because they were not responding because they could not agree but I mentioned to you one of the reasons why they even have to search out the land because they have come to the place where Miriam and Aaron made the people not to believe Moses anymore Moses said, I'm taking you to the promised land. And then marry an Ethiopian woman. And they came and said, Are you the only one that hear from God? Are you the only prophet? Whatever. And God said, how dare you speak to my son that way? Because I speak to him face to face. But not like you. I don't speak in symbols to Moses. Right? But that singular act that the people put up made the whole of the people begin to disbelieve Moses. So there was a need to say. If Moses says take it on the promised land, let's take it out and see if this is true. Because this man is not reliable. He married an Ethiopian. Even his brothers they also. That's why if you are a leader and if you have somebody who is a leader in your system, it's not always good to run him down because you cause people to lose faith in his leadership. Praise the Lord. So they said the land for how many years? 40 years. And God said, I mean, 40 days that you spent, and because you don't believe me, that 40 days is gonna turn to 40 years, are you going to be the wilderness? Unbelief is what made them to spend 40 years in the wilderness. Did you get that? So sometimes, the time God gives you promises and you come to a realm of unbelief, you begin to prolong your days. But the fulfillment of that promise. Because no matter what happened, he took them to the promised land. But their children entered. But some of them died in the wilderness. Because they were already old before they left Egypt. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. And then, the funny thing is, there's a straight course taking them. But now, he begins to turn around around, around. Walking around the whole place. Remember sometimes they go around the mountain. You understand that? And they said, we've, we've, we've compiled this mountain for too long. Let's move on. You see that? Praise the Lord. Okay. Hey, time is crazy. All right. Jonah prophesied warning for 40 days to the people of Nineveh. That's Jonah himself. 40 days was prophesied. That's why I said it's a period of probation. So God was giving Nineveh 40 days period to take a decision. And so Jonah was there prophesying for 40 good days. He was prophesying to the people, warning them about the, the danger, the trouble, everything that God was going to bring forth unto them. 40 days I did that. That's why it's a time of probation. Give you time to repent, time to change. Hallelujah. Prophet Ezekiel, if you look at Ezekiel 4 verse number 6. Ezekiel 4 verse number 6. If we can get that. And when the hands accomplished them. Lie again on the right side. And thou shalt bear the iniquities of the house of Judah. Forty days. I've appointed thee each day for a year. Look at that. This is prophetic symbol. God told him lie down on your right hand side. And you're going to be there for forty days. That's why. It's not cheap to be a prophet, not the type we have today <laughs> you understand that there was a time he was asked to eat donks you remember that eat the donks are the prophetic symbol this is how you're going to be in captivity so lie down on your side for 40 days and that 40 days translate to. 40 years that Judah will be in captivity. Now, as at when he was lying on these 40 days, on the right hand side, whatever the case may be, if Judah has repented of their sin, seeing this as a warning, that punishment would not have come. I don't know if you get what I'm saying now. That's why it's a period of probation. So sometimes God begins to show you the figure number 40. You're going to try you're going to probation, you're going to, you understand that's so, all now the, the thing you need to do is to change your ways, is to repent. like after Jonah prophesied for 40 days, what happened? Nineveh to have repented, isn't it? And God saved the city. Praise the Lord. Again, we find that 40 speaks of man's generation, generation of Israel that left Egypt could not enter the Promised Land. Going to read Deuteronomy chapter one, you read all of that. Children of Israel wandered for 40 years in the wilderness, like I said before, because of their sins, sin of rebellion and disobedience. We also need to understand that judges served Israel for 40 years when they entered the Promised Land before Saul became a king. Before Saul became a king in Israel. It was judges that God was using. And God used them for how many years? Forty years. Before they had a king. Praise the Lord. And then you find again that in Genesis 7, verse 12, the rain fell forty days and forty nights to flood the earth in the days of Noah. The rain that destroyed about the flood was 40 days and 40 nights. In this case, it speaks of judgment. Praise the Lord. You know also that Elijah had to be in Mount Horeb for 40 days without food and water. He went 40 days without food and water in Mount Horeb. That's Elijah. And again we find that Jesus was tempted by the devil on a fast of 40 days and 40 nights before he began the ministry. Remember that? Praise the Lord. And again, after he rose from the grave, he appeared to the disciples for how many days? 40 days. And what was he doing in that 40 days? He was teaching them the thing concerning the kingdom of God. Let's go to Acts chapter 1. And just read through. Acts chapter 1. Verse number 1. The former treaties have I made of theophilus of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. This verse alone tells us that it was Dr. Luke that wrote the book of Acts. Is that okay? Because you find this in the book of Luke. He wrote Luke and he wrote the book of Acts. Now he was a medical doctor. And that's interesting. Verse 2. Until the day in which he was taken up after that, he threw the Holy Ghost, had given commandment unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after... His passion by many fallible proofs. Being seen of them. How many days? 40 days. And speaking of the things pertaining to what? The kingdom of God. So again you find that. This was like a probation period. That was given to the apostles. And to the believers. The disciples now. He was kind of. Strengthening them in the faith, even in the things which I have taught them before, before the release of the Holy Spirit. In our chapter 2, when Pentacles fully come. Praise the Lord. And so when you read the Bible, you find that after these 40 days, He ascended. Remember that? And then they walk the journey back from the place on the mountain, Seven days. So I always said it. Thank you, Lord. That the period of waiting in the upper room was just three days. How did I know that? Because you see the Holy Spirit came on the fiftieth day. Now they walked for seven days. So how many days is left? Three days. You add your three days to so the seven days, you have ten days. At your 10 days to the 40 days, you are 50. Pentecost. So when he said they were in the upper room, how many days were they in the upper room? It's not going to be more than 3 days, because they worked 7 days after his ascension. Did they get that? Praise the living God. So you will find that for 40 days, was speaking to them of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Now, as it were, they were about entering the promised land. So just like Moses was speaking to the people and teaching them as it went the wilderness, just like their journey into the fullness of that which God has for them. which is like Canaan now, they were entering the place of the promise. The promise was the Holy Spirit as we begin to read down. And when it was 40 days, he ascended and they walked 7 days and then on the 50th day, the Holy Spirit came down. So they were in your power room for three days, waiting for the promise of the Father. Once you keep up to what God is telling you, your waiting period will not be too long. Hallelujah. Once you're in the right spirit, as God has ordained it, your waiting period for the promises will not be too long. The main thing is to be in focus as touching the promises and the instruction that He has given. Praise the living God. But every instruction the Lord gives to you, He will bring to pass. So what is 40? 40 speaks of times of trial. Speaks of times of, you know, probation and times of judgment. So anytime the Lord begins to speak to you and give you signs and symbolic meaning, I mean, signs in terms of like number 40, you should understand what God is talking about. It's just like saying you are in a probation period. If it's 20, your faith, you enter the promises I have for you. Just like saying you are going through a trial. Just like Jesus went through trials for 40 days and 40 now being tempted of the devil. It's your probation period. It's your trial period. But if you can stay true, you're coming on victorious. You can overcome whatever obstacles. You come to the fullness of the promises that God has for you. That's number 40. Praise the living God. So, Summary. 33 speaks of what? Dominion, authority, conquering spirit, victory, over obstructions, obstacles, fulfillment of promises. Amen? And then number 40 speaks of what? Trials, probation, and a good judgment. So God is showing you this number. God is only trying to warn you against what is coming ahead. God is trying to say, stay true with me. God is trying to say, my promises are going to come to pass. If only you can remain in the light with which i've given myself to you but one thing is certain everything god says he is going to bring to pass every promise of god in your life is going to fulfill every desire of god for you will come to pass not the desire of man not the desire of enemy the desires of god And I encourage you to say true. If you are going through trials. If the enemy is buffeting you. As Jesus went through. Receive strength to go through. In the name of Jesus Christ.